Did you know that more than 40,000 women transition out of the military each year? Transitioning from military service is not about leaving the military. It is about successful reintegration back into civilian society. Successful transitions back into civilian life begin with making meaningful connections beyond the military. On today's episode of Women Veterans Rock on the Hill, the podcast, the conversation opens up a familial yet heartwarming discussion about military spouses, military families, transitions, and leadership. Now here's your host, Deborah Harmon Peel. Welcome to Women Veterans Rock on the Hill, the podcast, and I'm your host, Deborah Harmon Pugh. It is Military Appreciation Month, and this week we're shining a special light on the unique contributions of military women as moms, spouses, heads of households, and we're going to examine their successful transitions to commission officers and their successful transitions to post-military community leaders. In today's episode of Women Veterans Rock on the Hill, we have an opportunity to connect you to a multifaceted, three-dimensional military woman who is successfully firing on all cylinders. I am pleased to have you join me in today's conversation with retired First Lieutenant Cynthia Minus Selby. In her everyday life, she demonstrates transitioning from one level to the next level with a sense of ease and a spirit of community as she successfully creates positive results as she transitions from one phase of life to another phase of life. You see, transitioning is a skill which requires practice and use for us to learn how to distinguish real opportunities as they appear among our everyday options. Transitions can become a gift in the midst of change because some of the greatest tests in our lives oftentimes will appear before us when we are in the midst of transition. In today's conversation, you will learn how this civic-minded military woman works to build a spirit of community upon a brick foundation that other women have laid down before her. It is her military service and her community leadership that demonstrates while we are individually strong, we are also collectively powerful. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. You'll be notified of upcoming episodes so you can join us in the public square for more stimulating conversations. Don't forget to stay in touch and follow us on social media. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Women Vets Rock and Facebook at Women Veterans Rock. This is Cynthia Minus Selby, U.S. Army veteran, and I am proud to be the president of the Eastern Pennsylvania chapter of Women Veterans Rock. I'm also very honored to be a member of the podcast Posse here at Women Veterans Rock on the Hill. It is the summer season here at Women Veterans Rock on the Hill, and we have put this show on the road. This week, we are traveling from Capitol Hill to meet our women veteran friends in the wonderful city of Chicago near the historic site of Bunker Hill all in the great state of Illinois. Hello, it's Rochelle Crump, president and founder of the National Women Veterans United, 
where we are celebrating 15 years of serving and supporting military women veterans across the country. I'm joining this year's Women Veterans Summer Road Tour from the great state of Chicago, Illinois, near the historic Bunker Hill. We at the National Women Veterans United are proud and still celebrating the opening of our new Sergeant Simone A. Robinson Military Women Veterans Center. We're located at 8620 South Pulaski Road in Chicago, Illinois, where we are dedicated to supporting military women veterans and their families. It's going to be an amazing summer road tour, and I'm looking forward to the journey. Thanks! Please join me in welcoming retired First Lieutenant Cynthia Minus Selby to Women Veterans Rock on the Hill, the podcast. I first do want to thank you so much for thinking about me and allowing me to be a part of this uh, program today. And I want to thank you and so many other um, leaders who are working along with you for the opportunities that you've given me to um, be able to participate and a leadership role in, in ways that we can help others, particularly military veterans and veteran families. I'm really grateful for those opportunities. So, Cynthia, there's so many things that we are excited for you to share with our listening audience today. I'd like to start first and foremost at your military experience. Absolutely. Well, I started uh, my military career actually as a military spouse, my husband was um, an enlisted person with the Air Force as we started our marriage together 37 years ago. After he left the Air Force, he decided to go to an ROTC program. Uh, at that time, I started my military career as an enlisted person in the Army. Upon his good advice, I enjoyed that um, time as a, a enlisted, enlisted reserve and mm -hmm. I, too, started my ROTC program in Wichita Falls, Texas. Mm -hmm. So both my husband and I were doing a reserve officer training program in Wichita Falls. And upon our commissioning, we were stationed, both stationed, in the Bamberg, Germany area, where he was a field artillery officer with the Army, and I was a logistics. And that's where things started for us. Well, you know, this is amazing because as you started to uh, give us an overview of your background, you said that you began as a military spouse, and it seems as if you and your husband formed a true partnership in your military family, so much so that he recommended some military options and opportunities for you. Absolutely. Uh, it was just a really good fit. I hadn't thought about it at that time, but some of the things that really uh, resonated with the military, including service, um, mm -hmm. health, and, health and fitness, um, teamwork, those were uh, values that had really been a part of me all my life. Mm -hmm. And um, the, the military was just a, a perfect opportunity to really bring it all full circle for me. You mentioned earlier, and you and I were talking, that you did a tour in Germany and then moved on to Saudi Arabia and also served in Kuwait during the Gulf War. Tell us about your tours of duty. My first tour was in Germany, um, and as a, as a logistics officer, I'm not necessarily mechanically inclined, and I just didn't see that. But within any military unit was the mm -hmm. need for training and um, caring for troops, mm -hmm. as well as um, making sure that administrative duties were cared for in terms of making sure paperwork was in order, 
family support plans. Commission officers serve as managers in any unit. And so as a manager of supplies, a manager of movement and training of troops, um, those were my primary duties. When we uh, prepared for being deployed to Saudi Arabia, and this was at the very beginning of the Gulf War, between December and January of 1990 or 91, it became very important. The training that we had in garrison or in peacetime became um, intimately important. So we deployed to Saudi Arabia at a time where things were not set up. Things were very uncertain as to whether or not there was going to be uh, a full attack, whether or not there was going to be a ground war. So tensions were very, very high at that time. The mm-hmm. unknown as at any time, but particularly then because uh, we just did not know. You are building a really nice portrait of us understanding your role as a woman in the military, as a partner in the military. We started this conversation with you talking about and describing your role as a partner in your family, as your partner in military service, and then your role as a manager, as an executive officer. So I just like to shift a bit and talk about your role in military, family life. You are in a dual career marriage. Explain to me some of the peaks and valleys that it takes to be successful as a woman in the military and as a woman in a dual military career family. Military often has a lot of uncertainties in terms of being separated from your spouses, separated from your children potentially, and separated from your extended family. Mm -hmm. So this Mm -hmm. is where the the power, the power of camaraderie becomes Mm -hmm. very real for families in the military. Mm -hmm. Your comrades become your family. Yeah. Um, Often you're placed in different parts of the world where you're separated from your extended family. And so it's very common, and there's a different type of, connection between your comrades because of that. And I do like the idea that I have seen all different types of positions because mm-hmm. I have a separate set of understanding about the spouse because I've served as a military spouse who was mm-hmm. not military and then one who was military. First responders, if you will, um, accelerated. So the spouse has to be able to be confident. And I know, Deborah, you share some of these uh, feelings uh, yes. to keep the home as a well-oiled machine, and then to also be able to maintain your career, your aspirations, the things that are going to make you proud. And um, I'm very happy about a lot of the resources Mm -hmm. for uh, military spouses to be able to have their careers be portable. I sincerely appreciate you pointing out the metaphor of having a strong military marriage about the respect, about the support, about the confidence and consideration, and you refer to it as a well-oiled machine. And I was planning to ask you, how did you keep your family strong and keep your family through military life and beyond? And and I understand the answer now. It's like having it like a well-oiled machine. And that doesn't surprise me coming from an executive officer who built her career, her earlier career, around um, logistics. Absolutely. I'll share, and this is a good time to share one of the uh, Army, the adages that we will adapt and overcome. That's so right. that the military motto is that whatever environment we go in, whether it's a cold water environment, a desert environment, um, even if some of our National Guardsmen serve in, within cities and states, whatever environment we're in, we, you know, consider mission is paramount. And whatever mm-hmm. environment we're in, we're going to adapt and overcome. 
So there mm-hmm. is adaptation is necessary. You know, you can't do the same thing in every environment. And mm-hmm. so we have to learn, learn our environment, examine it, and then um, put forth the best effort and adjust to it so that we can overcome. Yeah, yeah. And so it's the same thing in any, any home environment. If there's right. snow that needs to be shoveled and I don't shovel snow, what am I going to do? I'm either going to learn how to shovel snow or I'm going to uh-huh. you know, make sure that I can get the resources to someone who can provide that service. But that's what it's about. You know, it's interesting that you say about shovel snow. Some years ago in uh, the Philadelphia region, we had a horrible, horrible snowstorm. We've had several of them. And I remember um, at that time my husband was serving as first sergeant, and, of course, they called his reserve unit into Plymouth. It was just so much snow. And I thought, I said to him, well, who's going to shovel our snow? (laughs) And you know what? Like you said, you have to figure out how to shovel snow. So, Cynthia, you leads us to this nice place about your role in post-military public leadership. This has evolved us to the point of us working together as colleagues in public leadership and more specifically in Women Veterans Rock. So it's not surprising to me and probably not surprising to your colleagues or our colleagues, but I'd like for you to spend a moment to talk about your role as a member in post-military leadership within the world of Women Veterans Rock. First of all, how how did you and I get connected? When I met with you, Dub, I was searching for resources. I was working at that time at the Department of Veterans Affairs, Mm-hmm. I'm still not satisfied. I knew that I had other skills that were not tapped into. I had not at that time found the opportunities even or the support and the encouragement that I needed to be able to promote to the next level of where I felt my, uh, certainly my military experience and also my uh, social work experience or background could lead me to. So I poured out my heart is what I did to someone that I felt was caring and someone that I felt could be an encouragement to help find those things. So the broader, the broader issue was for me to find a community of people, which was women veterans and women veteran supporters, uh, women veteran spouses. That was a community for me of people who could encourage. And to use a Bible term or, or scriptures, iron sharpens iron. That's so right. those were women that were as hard as still, uh, yeah. just re- resourceful, caring, yeah and an encouragement to me. And so I found that in talking with Deb and, again, pouring out my heart. So I'm very happy for how that um, unfolded for me. Wow. Well, I tell you, you really epitomize the Women Veterans Rock mission of building a legacy of leadership for military women beyond our military service. And it comes naturally to you. It comes instinctively to you. But also it is part of your regular practice. And I didn't know, I know that you had been very active in the community in terms of supporting underserved communities and families, and I didn't know that your, your family had officially had a foundation. So I don't feel surprised of the, about the strength that you brought to our cohort. So, Cynthia, yeah. over the past several years, you have served and grown into the role um, beyond your your leadership as a Eastern Pennsylvania president here at Women Veterans Rock, you've very comfortably grown into your role as a senior delegate at the Women Veterans 2020 delegation to Capitol Hill. What has that meant for you, and what have you seen unfold for you in that space? 
it's been pretty amazing. Um, I always go back, as you stated earlier, to my foundation. My father, my father was a Marine who little, literally marched me down the aisle to my wedding. Um, I was a little starry-eyed and starry-gazed, and to, without, without thinking, his response to me, he was so proud. I was the first of his six daughters to be married, and he said to me, you know, Cynthia, pay attention. Come on now, left, right, left. <laughs> and I laugh about that now, but it was what had been ingrained in him as a soldier and, and, and to, to bring order to what might be an otherwise <laughs> time, a flighty time for somebody. Mm-hmm. But so that, you know, that, that foundation of, of bringing order and, and caring for others. I have nine sisters-in-law, and uh, may she rest in peace. The baby who just lost her um, in December. She, mm-hmm. too, was a military veteran. Of those mm-hmm. nine sisters-in-law, six of them, six of them are military veterans. Wow. So, uh, you know, and I have my own biological sister who has served, two brothers who have served. My entire family has served in military service. And, again, to their broader community after military service. And so this opportunity to serve with Women Veterans Rock on the Hill has really just um, heightened my awareness. Um, It has grown me up in a way where I understand the importance of being a part of policy initiatives and bringing whatever uh, aptitude, abilities I have, even the ability to encourage others. Yes. I can be a great talker at times, but if, you can, if what you're talking about is going to be uh, an opportunity to inform someone, mm-hmm. to, encourage, to encourage them to serve, Mm-hmm. Then that's when we're doing a good thing. You know, we talk about talking loud and not saying anything. I never want to be in that category. But when I speak, I want to be able to speak informatively mm-hmm. and passionately um, about things that are going to help people. Mm-hmm. And that uh, Women Vets Rock leadership has given me the opportunity to do that. And, mm-hmm. you know, as I talk, I listen. And so I'm able to hear. It's been such an inspiring um, experience to hear these great women um, who have come, and when I say great, I don't mean only, I don't only mean great in their position mm-hmm. and the things that they've done, but um, the women, every woman is great in their own experience, in their own way. And so right. I sit and have quiet one-on-ones with people. Uh, we've had small groups, and then we've had larger groups, but all of those opportunities have given me um, the ability to be able to hear from different experiences and to grow in that, and then to take that to the highest level of mm-hmm. serving and literally mm-hmm. going to speaking with Congress people and, um, and representatives mm-hmm. and pe- business leaders. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to soak it in as much as I can mm-hmm. so that I can, again, be better for myself and better for others. Well, this has just been amazing, spending this time with you to go through a journey of your uh, military experience, how well you and your family are working through and have went through uh, work and family balance in a military family, and I just have to thank you for enriching us within the Women Veterans Rock community of building a legacy of leadership. Oftentimes, you've heard us describe the spirit of Women Veterans Rock, and it is this intangible richness of, of support, richness of encouragement, and, I, and I, someday I'm going to figure out a way how to articulate 
what we mean, this feeling that we get when we talk about the spirit of Women Veterans Rock. I've oftentimes mm-hmm. referred to it as a place where people come and are planted and they bloom. We mm. don't give you those skills. Those skills are God-given. Those skills are skills and experiences that you've built over your life and your time. But what you've done has been unselfish, and you've contributed mm. to our community to help us in supporting our mission and our model, and that's building a legacy of leadership. So as women like you, Cynthia, that really epitomize the work that we're trying to do. As you know, we are celebrating our 10th anniversary, and we could not have built such a rich, young legacy without women like you at our table. So I want to thank you, First Lieutenant, not only for today's call, but so much that you've contributed to life to family, to community, and to Women Veterans Rock. That has been my pleasure. And, again, I thank you so much for all that you have personally poured into my life and, um, and provided in these great opportunities to continue to uh, be better so that we can be better for others. Well, thank you once again for participating in this month's Military Appreciation Month series. Shout out to my husband, who has just completed 30 years retirement with the United States Air Force. I'm very proud. And 23 years of firefighter service here in Philadelphia. Wow. Talk about a family of service. Congratulations. Tell him we thank him and salute him for both his military and public service. This episode of Women Veterans Rock on the Hill is sponsored by the Women Veterans Rock Civic Leadership Institute, where our priority is preparing today's military women for post-military civic leadership, business leadership, and nonprofit leadership in America. It is our anniversary, and we're celebrating 10 years of paying it forward by engaging and empowering today's women and girls in military families. And there's one last thing before we go. May is Military Appreciation Month. It is our honor to recognize military service women and military family members for the days that have been set aside for them in national recognition for their service and for their sacrifice. The days of remembrance and observance are May 1, Loyalty Day, and Silver Star Banner Day. May 7 through May 13, Public Service Recognition Week. May 8, Victory in Europe Day. May 12, Military Spouse Appreciation Day. May 13, Children of Fallen Patriots Day. May 16, Armed Forces Day. And May 25, Memorial Day. As women of the greatest military community in the world, it is a tremendous honor to salute America's military women for their strength, ingenuity, and perseverance. It is their commitment to faith, family, and friends that lights up a world of peace, hope, and possibility. In the words of Golda Meir, an Israeli teacher, stateswoman, politician, and the fourth prime minister of Israel. She says, make the most of life's transitions by fanning that tiny inner spark of possibility 
into flames of achievement. Join the campaign and join the community of Women Veterans Rock on the Hill.